Hello and welcome back to Small Screen Stories. This is the uh, daily show normally where I go over the news in the world of entertainment and pop culture. Uh, this last couple of days have been uh, a bit busy, so I haven't been able to actually do one of these live streams for a while. But And there's also so much news to get over. So I'm going to start off. I'm Edward Lauder. I'm the editor of Small Screen. Uh, thank you very much for watching, guys. Uh, if you're watching over on YouTube, uh, please give us a like and a subscribe. That'd be great if I can get that off at the very beginning of the show. If you're watching over on Facebook, uh, then hello, welcome. Uh, please like and subscribe, well not subscribe, like and follow the page, like the video, share the video. And if you'd rather listen to this in podcast form, you can. You can uh, uh, listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. If you listen, uh, you just search for Small Screen Stories and you'll find it there. And if you could give us a five-star rating, that would be really, really cool. That would really help me. So uh, yeah, that would be wonderful. Uh, so so let's go into the very first story of the day. Well, it's not this again. I'm going to go over quite a lot of stuff that was previously like probably was last week's news because uh, I didn't get actually get the the chance to get to last week's news. But uh, the very first thing is that Tom Cruise lost it on the set of Mission Impossible 7. I'm pretty sure you all heard this where he blasted his crew for ignoring COVID-19 safety protocols. There's been a lot written about this since. Um, and a lot of it is kind of I, I am erring very much on the side of Tom Cruise. I think what he did was uh, People don't really understand what it's like being on a movie set. I'm not going to play you the audio clip of what he said because there was a lot of swear words in there and I kind of want to keep this uh, show swear word free. But the gist of it was he was not very happy with two members, supposedly two male members of the crew that were apparently looking at a screen. Too, uh, they were too close to the screen and uh, and they weren't wearing their masks. So the thing is, if you're going to go into backgrounds on what happened and why he was probably so annoyed about this is because, well, he's actually uh, there. He's first of all the producer of the film, so a lot rides on this, uh, a lot for him as well. And uh, one of the main reasons he was so annoyed was because it had already been the uh, Mission Impossible Seven had already been shut down once. I think it was in October, October twelfth, I believe, uh, because of they had well, October because they had twelve cases, sorry, of COVID nineteen among the car, the the crew, so they had to. Yeah, basically they had to stop it, didn't they? And then they had to stop it, and then they started again in November uh, in the UK this time, where they got special permission to film. And it's it's one of those things we don't realize really how much money's at stake. We don't really realize how much effort Tom Cruise is putting into this. There have been rumors that this might have been uh, staged because it was leaked, uh, and it was kind of like a perfect segment, like a perfect leak. It was leaked to the Sun, I believe. And yeah, that might be true. I, I mean, personally, I don't know. I haven't heard anything like really kind of substantial about that but it's like it's one of those things that I'm a bit like I kind of understand both sides but really I'm on Tom Cruise's side there are people uh, comparing it to uh, Christian Bale's outburst I think it's actually very different to Christian Bale's outburst because there is a lot more at stake for Tom Cruise uh, he when he, during the rant he goes on about how he's on the phone to movie studios to um, insurance people every day and that's not something that uh, Christian Bell had to do on the set of uh, Terminator Salvation so it is different I I think yeah maybe he could have been a bit less kind of um, let's say sweary and shouty about it he could have dealt with it in a different way but it's a high pressure environment so we don't really understand because we're not I mean I I've been on it I've I've done like a I've done like okay I have done one um 
uh, one independent movie which filmed over a weekend and that was stressful and that was just two days or three days uh, of filming and that that was stressful let alone it be like Mission Impossible 7 we can't put ourselves into that mind frame because we haven't been there now if you're an actor that's worked in that environment then maybe you can say something but then again most actors I've heard have been very much on Tom Cruise's side but that's all i mean this that again that's everything i have to say about it uh people have spoken to death about this thing the media have spun it uh the way they wanted to spin it which is what they always do uh here on small screen we were very much on tom cruise's side um but let me know what you guys think about this in the comments below uh, what do you think about his whole outburst thing yeah just let me know what you guys think in the comments below Right, moving on, and moving on to what is actually an exclusive for us here at Small Screen, and that's that uh, Michael Keaton is one of the names uh, who's going to be returning, according to our sources, to Spider-Man 3. So, of course, he played the Vulture in um, in the so Sp- Spider-Man Homecoming, and we know that he's going to be in the upcoming Morbius film because he was teased in, in the trailer. So, yeah, our sources basically said that he's on that he's going to be on set, and he's he's already. Uh, he's already going. He's basically going to be involved in Spider-Man Three as the Vulture, and it looks very much like the Sinister Six will be a big part of this film, or will be in this movie. So the likes of Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, Jamie Fox, um, of course, Michael Keaton playing the Vulture, Dane DeHaan is also rumored to be back. So I'll get I'll get this up as I usually do. Uh, here we go on my desktop. So. Uh, Michael Keaton is going to be involved in Spider-Man 3 as the Vulture. He's already signed on to be in the movie and it seems to be the last piece in the puzzle of getting the Sinister Six on the big screen for the first time, which is very true. That would be the very first time it's been on the on, on the big screen. They, they did tease it in the previous films, but... Um yeah, so that was that was the the main that was what my source told me. I, this was then corroborated by a number of people. Uh, that was the very first that that quote there was the very first bit of information I had about this. And then um, it was it was kind of yeah it was corroborated by multiple sources. I'm going to be honest, I didn't really want to run this to begin with because I I have been rather skeptical about all the pe- the number of people involved in this film. But the people that spoke to me said no, they're all all the people that have been rumored are actually going to be in this film. So I'm, I've got to get my head around this. So that's what well, first off we got Tom Holland, Zendaya, J- uh, Jacob Balaton. And, uh, you know, the, the, the usual uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is also going to be in it. And then it was revealed, I think the first person that was revealed to be in it was Jamie Foxx coming back as Electro. And that was a bit of a shock. And then Alfred Molina. And then Willem Dafoe, Dane DeHaan. Then there was the whole Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield thing. Well, actually, before all, all of that. So those are now with Michael Keaton. Is 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 there going to be any space in this film for Tom Holland? It's. It seems like a lot of people. I'm going to be honest. It's a lot of people to be involved in in this film. I mean, maybe, maybe it'll work. It's, it's rumored. I mean, it's basically it's going to be a, a multiverse film. I think uh, it's also. I'm going into another story here, but it's also being reported that this will be the second part in a in a trilogy in a multiverse trilogy, which which will start with WandaVision, then Spider Man Three, and finish off with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And that does make sense. So a lot of this will be tied to what Wanda Maximoff does in WandaVision. And um, she's also rumored to be in the movie as well. Uh, I haven't actually heard anything about about that. Um, most recently, the most recent, recent uh, rumors I've heard are that uh, Morbius, so Jared Leto, and this comes from Daniel Rickman, I think, both Jared Leto and Tom Hardy are rumored to be in this film, picking up their roles of Morbius and Venom. 
So if this is really true, that again, th that isn't part of my scoop. This is now kind of pure speculation uh, area. I think this film is going to be very full. We have heard reports. I think it was Mikey Sutton over at Geekosity said that um, the core of the movie is going to be focused around the relationship between Peter Parker and Zendaya's MJ, which is nice to hear. I really do hope that's the case. Uh, there have also been reports that Charlie Cox's Daredevil is going to be back in the movie. He might. There have been reports that he might be turning up as uh, Matt Murdock. So there have been reports of there potentially being a courtroom scene in which Matt Murdock represents a Peter Parker in court. Now those uh, those reports were then actually not debunked, but they were put to one side by Mikey Sutton over at Geekosity. So we're going to have to wait and see what happens with this with this movie. As far as I'm concerned, this film is very very busy. Um, already uh, and all of these things I think I mean uh, as far as my sources are aware Michael Keaton was going to be in this film from actually the pretty much the beginning he'd been signed on a while ago but it just hadn't hadn't been officially confirmed because I think people are getting very carried away with the fact of that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are reportedly going to be in the film I haven't spoken about this in the past that I personally believe if they're going to be in the movie it's going to be re like a really really small cameo because I don't think Kevin Feige is someone to leave that sort of thing up to chance and as far as like we're concerned oh the other one is Thomas Hayden Church is rumored to be back as Sandman and Jake Gyllenhaal is rumored to be coming back as Mysterio so it's like what what is this film seriously what is this film but that's kind of enough Spider-Man 3 talk I believe uh the exclusive on our on our end is that Michael Keaton's gonna be back as the Vulture let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below right moving on and moving away from Spider-Man finally uh, and on to another exclusive of ours, which is that uh, Marvel Studios is reportedly looking to make a violent Daredevil limited series. So this is something that um, uh, I, I have actually been working on this for a while. And full disclosure, the first thing I was told by my sources was that um, they're actually working on a movie, on a Daredevil movie, which could be coming in phase six of, uh, of the MCU. Then a source, one of the, the, the sources that, that told me this actually came back to me and said, actually, no, it's, it's going to be a limited series, but they're filming it in the same way they would film a movie. So in the same way that they're kind of doing Boba Fett, I think, is, 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 what, is what he told me. But um, it seems as though it's, it's, one of those, it's one of those things that's been, this has been rumored for a while. So for instance, um, Geekosity reported that uh, Kevin Feige and Marvel were looking to to bring a Daredevil series possibly to Hulu and uh, they wrote back that uh, so Mikey Sutton wrote that I keep hearing from insiders that Feige is intending on keeping the adult nature of Daredevil a perfect fit for the MA programming on the streamer Hulu which Disney mostly owns so and then they also they he went into more detail about it and actually said that there have also been whispers of Daredevil meeting Moon Knight possibly in the second season of the Moon Knight show which we know is happening which is coming to Disney Plus so that will kind of be the same level of brutality that they'll see in Daredevil's his own show which is according to my sources going to be starring Charlie Cox so then uh, I'll just show you guys uh, what I wrote. Uh, actually, what my sorry, what my sources told me. Uh, a Daredevil series is in the works over at Marvel Studios. This is very much being spearheaded by Kevin Feige and it's going to be violent. When I say violent, I mean violent in all caps. Possibly R-rated and it looks like it's coming to star on Disney Plus, Hulu in the US at the moment. So if you remember correctly, 
Star is the thing they made uh, in Europe and Asia and basically everywhere in the world apart from the United States where they'll get where they're going to be putting their kind of more not R-rated but more mature content uh, in the US it's going to be very much Hulu so then a second source then told me uh, looks like the Daredevil movie I told you about a few days ago isn't actually a movie they're filming it as as um, sorry they're f- uh, they're filming it as they would a film but it's not going to be released as a limited series, possibly four episodes. It'll be coming to Star, so on Disney Plus in Europe, UK, India, etc. Not sure where it'll be, where it'll come in the US. Maybe Hulu. Uh, this Daredevil series could also be rated 18 plus, so R rated in the United States. Um, so yeah, that's that is the exclusive as far as I, as you know the, the the information that I've been given. It's it's pretty exciting. Uh, it seems as though this is. This is going to be the Charlie Cox Daredevil that we uh, all know and love. Uh, that it was actually reported a couple of uh, days ago. So I, I think uh, Murphy's Multiverse said that he's going to be coming back as as Daredevil in Spider-Man Three. So you know, it's all kind of it seems as though it's all gun. It, it's all kind of all go as far as Charlie Cox's Daredevil is concerned, and which is. I'm pretty sure very nice. I mean, I'm I'm excited about it because I'm a big, a big fan of Charlie Cox's Daredevil. It's something that uh, fans have been clamoring for for a long, long time. They've really wanted to see Charlie Cox return as Daredevil because he's brilliant in the role. He's great, and it's going to be keeping that same violent kind of feel that the uh, that the um, original. Uh, Netflix uh, Daredevil series had so let me know what you guys think about that news in the comments below right moving on and moving on to uh, Black Panther 2 so it's now being rumored by Daniel Rickman again who's uh, a serial I like to call him a serial scooper he's come under a bit of flack recently but uh, according to him uh, Marvel Studios is rumored to make M'Baku the new Black Panther and not Shuri so it had previously been reported that there were rumors that they might share the kind of Black Panther mantle, and he's saying no, it's, it's going to be M'Baku on his own, which is something that is seems to be growing in popularity because people are starting to say that Shuri isn't right for the role of Black Panther, that she'd much rather be the smartest person in the world, which she really is now, especially since Tony Stark's um, no longer with us in the MCU. And, uh, I mean, Bruce Banner's still out there, so he's still, he's still a pretty bright guy. But... Yeah, she's very much kind of like Q to Black Panther, uh, you know, in, in James Bond, and they kind of it, seems, it sounds like they kind of want want her to stay that way, and that Mbaku would be the one to take over the Black Panther mantle. Of course, Kevin Feige did say that they're not going to be um, <clears throat> recasting the role of T'Challa um, after uh, Chadwick Boseman's very sad passing, which I think is, a, is is very good news. I think that is the right way to go. I never, ever thought they should recast that role because it would just bring with it a whole load of complications that I don't think Marvel Studios really wants and I don't think Ryan Coogler wants. So it looks like Ryan Coogler has worked out a rather interesting way to do a to do a Black Panther 2 without T'Challa. So there might be, some, uh, might be a funeral scene I don't know, this is all speculation, but let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. Right, <clears throat> now, it's being rumoured that um, Fox's original X-Men could appear in Marvel's Doctor Strange 2. So this is news that comes from, again, it comes from Mikey Sutton over at Geekosity, and and they're saying this could happen, which uh, is pretty exciting, actually. Um, so, 
here's what uh, Mikey Sutton read. Uh, sorry, wrote. So uh, they rev- they reveal they are in discuss they are discussions to feature cameos by members of the first X Men cast. Basically, a fond farewell to the past as the MCU proceeds to the future with rebooted mutants of their own. There are no decisions made on which actors will be brought back or if negotiations have been uh, begun yet. So this is quite. I thought this was quite interesting because, again, it, it comes from um, uh, an outlet that I really do trust, and it sounds as though they they are talking about this. And I personally think they really should should try and do something like this because I think it would work quite well. But then again, it might be quite jarring. But with all this stuff that's going on with the multiverse, uh, like it's definitely a way they could do it. I've already, uh, like we've already spoken in the past on the show about uh, Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool coming into that movie as well. So maybe that could be something that might happen and Ryan Reynolds, might he might end up staying in that in that MCU. I don't know. I, I really don't know what's going to happen as far as his character is concerned. But it looks like they're trying to find a way to bring back the original X-Men for like, yeah, a kind of fond farewell, which I think would be quite fun. But let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. All right, sorry. <coughs> Excuse my voice today. Um, right, Zac Efron is apparently odds-on favourite to be cast as the Human Torch in the MCU's Fantastic Four movie. So this is something that um, uh, I've, uh, to be honest, it's it's a Vegas betting odds site that put this up, and actually they didn't put him as as the the main guy, but he was in like the top three. And uh, if you remember correctly, we were told that Dacre Montgomery is actually um, in line to play the role. He's apparently in talks as far as our, so- our sources are concerned. But no, as far as uh, uh, Bavada is the Las Vegas odds maker. Uh, so the ones that are... That, so they basically came up with their own cast for uh, the, the Fantastic Four. And they said, Mr. Fantastic is going to be John Krasinski. The Invisible Woman is Emily Blunt. Human Torch is uh, Anthony Ramos, who I believe is from... Hamilton, I think. Then the thing, Graham, um, Stephen Graham, who was in The Irishman, he's actually he's a Liverpudlian actor. He's a really good actor. Doctor Doom, Giancarlo Esposito. So I'm going to be honest. I don't like three of these. I'm not sure about uh, Anthony Ramos. I'm not sure about at all. Um, it's a name that I mean, I'm familiar, relatively familiar with him, but it's like. Apparently after him, like directly after him, you can get quite good odds on like one of the favorites in this as far as this odds. Uh, again, I don't bet, so I, I don't really understand the ins and outs of this. But apparently um, Zach Efron is one of the favorites. And Zach Efron is actually one of the people that have one of the actors that been, he's been fan casted in the role quite a lot. Uh, Emily Blunt and John Krasinski, I'm pretty sure is nailed on. Stephen Graham, I think, would be a really good uh, thing. And actually, Giancarlo Esposito would be a great Doctor Doom, but then again, it's kind of dangerous for him because he's 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 in danger of being typecast as the villain. He's a very good villain. He makes a very good villain, but I'm not sure if he'd want to be the villain in every single thing. But again, he does work with uh, Disney and, and Lucasfilm. He's, you know, he's, on the, he's in The Mandalorian. So maybe that might help him as well. Uh, I think they might go with someone a bit more original, I'm going to be honest. for If, if Doctor Doom is even involved in this film, I'm not sure if they'd bring him in the, into the first um, Fantastic Four movie, I'm going to be honest. I think they might save Doctor Doom for later, almost be like a Thanos, they're, they're Thanos. But let's wait and see what happens. What do you guys think of uh, Zac Efron being cast as the Human Torch? As far as we're concerned over here at Small Screen, we're being told that Dacre Montgomery is in talks, but that doesn't mean that Zac Efron's not in talks as well. He might very well be in talks, and Anthony Ram- Ramos might also be in talks, but Dacre Montgomery is the one that we've heard of as being one of the actors that Marvel is that Marvel Studios is looking at. But let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. 
Right, moving on, and moving on to news that apparently Disney and Sony are close to signing another Spider-Man deal for three movies. So this is something that um, uh, was... I I got this from Geekosity. There have been now (coughs) people... uh, Sorry, actually, Daniel Rickman's Patreon page it came from. And then Mikey Sutton dropped some information um, just last week on the Spider-Man plot details. So... It, it seems as though lots of people are talking about it. I think Dis Insider also did a, a podcast episode on it saying that it, this was happening. So basically to recap, we've got the upcoming MCU trilogy, which start, that will start off with WandaVision, then we'll get Spider-Man 3, then Doctor Strange into the uh, Multiverse of Madness. And those films will kind of all be linked. And then it looks like um, Marvel is trying to um, trying to make sure they still have Spider-Man movies in the future. And they've got to do a new deal. Um, but... This is this is something that is is kind of I oh know it wasn't Daniel Rickman. Sorry, I got that wrong. Let me try and get up the right article. Here we go. Sorry. Yeah. So no, it was Geekosity. So um, so Industry Insider before Geekosity was launched broke the news that indeed Tom Holland Spider Man would, would be returning to the MCU films at the famous Spidey Summit. So that was a while back. And uh, now, Mikey Sutton said at Geekosity that Sony and Disney are now in negotiations over Tom Holland's Spider-Man. So here's a quote from him. He said, yesterday I was told by insiders that another contract was on the verge of being signed by Disney and Sony. Details are scarce, but sources tell me that the deal will keep Spider-Man in the MCU for an additional three solo movies and an option for one more. So this was this this is directly from Geekosity. It was then that there's been a lot of stuff online since people. I think it is Diz Insider that have since said that that was their scoop. But again, I don't care about that that stuff. Uh, I think we all. I mean, sites all have sources. It's like it's 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 not an easy thing to do because I think often things come out at the same time. People get t- told the same information. And they just run with it. I I do believe I'm gonna end up being on Geekosti's side here I do believe they published the article first before Diz Insider's podcast was released but don't hold me to that I mean look look at it for yourself see what's see what's happening for yourselves I'm just happy about this news that, that's all I'm going to say but let me know what you guys think in the comments below right moving on that was a bit of a difficult one to get through uh, apparently, well, Twitter is now making fun of Chris Pratt after Star-Lord is revealed to be bisexual in the Marvel comics. So this is something that's been going on for quite a while now. People are looking people are looking to basically, I don't like it, but they're looking to cancel Chris Pratt because he belongs to a church that is supposed, well, I mean, it's difficult to talk about because, you know, I, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't go to church. And for me, it's a bit like, oh, okay. Uh, it sounds to me like he's quite—he's just quite a devout Catholic, which again I don't personally have a problem with. But it sounds like a lot of people have a specific problem with the church he's part of. I think a lot of celebrities go to that church, and they are reportedly not very nice to members of the LGBTQ plus community. Well, uh, that puts up a bit of a problem if 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 Chris Pratt does indeed share those values, which he has actually said he doesn't. He did release a a statement, and I think it was brought up by Elliot Page. Uh, at the time so this is going back a while and um and he basically said that uh kind of uh, kind of called chris pratt out for for the fact that he is part of this church um now in the comics there's this this the recent guardians of the galaxy comic there's like a, um, a scene where chris pratt basically has a 
tryst with a with a couple so kind of revealing that he he is bisexual which is i think kind of a good way to go for star lord i'm going to be completely honest i do not think chris pratt would have a problem with this personally i don't don't think so i don't know the guy though but people on twitter have been very vocal about it and thought it was very very funny again i don't like cancel culture i think people need to chill and uh, kind of let people's private lives be private lives and to be honest like as far as i'm concerned chris pratt has always kind of seem like quite a good bloke (laughs) i mean if he's if he's very religious then that's his that's his personal decision but i don't really like talking about that kind of stuff he did i thought his letter was actually quite open and he talks about how the church was very kind to him after his divorce from anna faris so you know people need people kind of get what they need from religion that's what religion's all about i don't think it's something he should be attacked on i think he was also attacked because he didn't go he was one of the i think the only kind of marvel actors that didn't go to a joe biden rally and people got really annoyed with him then claiming that that basically confirmed him to be a republican which again if he's a republican as far as i'm concerned that doesn't matter to me like if if he if he holds those beliefs i think if you're there's a difference if you're pro-trump you can be republican but not pro-trump i think i think you can and also there are people that vote for trump that vote for trump for very good reasons so I'm very much sitting on the fence on this one. <laughs> Again, I don't want this to be a political show, but I'm just this is just stuff that people are talking about on Twitter. I really really don't like the Twitter mob. I think that there is a mob there and I think there is a mob mentality. I don't like cancel culture. I think everyone should be given the benefit of a doubt really as far as these sorts of things are concerned. Uh, but let me know what you guys think in the comments below talking about Twitter mobs. Right, moving away from the MCU and onto DC. So uh, Zack Snyder revealed on Vero, I believe, which he's like the only person that's on Vero that I know, that his cut of the Justice League will be released on HBO Max in March. Yes, it's coming in March. That's great news. He also revealed in that very same, um, no, actually, yes, in that very same kind of, he talked about wiping uh, Joss Whedon's Justice League from existence. And then he said, like, you'll see it in March. So he wants to wipe Joss Whedon's uh, Justice League from existence. And then in an interview with uh, with uh, Entertainment Weekly, he revealed that, first off, he revealed that his film is going to be, there's going to be an R-rated theatrical release of, uh, of uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, which, you know, is kind of cool, I think. Uh, he also revealed that the Ben Affleck's Batman in his cut will drop the F-bomb. So... There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff in there. I just wanted to get the the quote. So again, yeah, it's Entertainment Weekly. So here's this is what he said. So here's one piece of information nobody knows. The movie is insane and so epic and is probably R-rated. That's the one thing I think will happen. That it will be an R-rated version for sure. We haven't heard from the MPAA, but that's my gut. There's one scene where Batman drops an F-bomb. Cyborg is not too happy of uh, with what's going on with his life before he meets the Justice League and he tends to speak his mind. And Steppenwolf is pretty much just hacking people in half. So the rating would be due to violence, profanity, probably both. And then um, he also went on to talk about, I did talk about this in a previous episode, but he said, I'm a huge fan and big supporter of the cinematic experience. And we're already talking about Justice League playing theatrically at the same time as it coming out on HBO Max. So weirdly, it's the reverse of the trend. So uh, this, I mean... I'm I am excited for this movie. I think it will I, I'm I'm gonna be honest, I'm not sure if it'll be 
amazing, as amazing as people think. But I think it'll be a lot, lot better than Joss Whedon's version. And um, I, again, I'm always, I've always said this, I'm a big advocate for um, filmmakers getting, to, getting their initial visions on screen. You know, you can have edits along the way, but I do not like the idea of studios just taking the movies away from filmmakers and just changing them completely which is what they did with uh, Zack with Justice League basically they f- basically fired um Zack Snyder and they got in Joss Whedon and made a complete mess of a movie and they did that with David Ayer as well with his Suicide Squad even though I'm not the biggest David Ayer fan in the world I really would love to see his version as opposed to the awful rubbish we got which was basically that had no substance to it, Had it was just a bunch of music videos all put together. But let me know what you guys think about Zack Snyder's Justice League in the comments below. Are you excited for this? Let me know in the comments. Right, moving on and moving on to George Clooney. So George Clooney was recently on an episode of the Howard Stern Show and he on there he talked actually about a bit about Tom Cruise and actually he said that he kind of agreed with what Tom Cruise did but he wouldn't have done it in such a shouty manner which, uh, to be honest... Sorry, my hair's going all over the place. Uh, I kind of get it. I mean, I think I I do think he would be a bit more kind of classy about the whole thing, but that's just because he's George Clooney. Uh, I think uh, Tom Cruise runs a bit hotter than George Clooney does. Uh, but anyway, he also spoke about how he actually tried to get Ben Affleck to not play Batman in Batman versus Superman. So here's here's what he says. I've had um, sorry, I've sort of had both rounds. I've been a big flip-flop. I've bombed in things and I've had big successes. That doesn't mean they listen. Ben didn't listen to me and he ended up doing a great job and I was wrong. But I can uh, impart my but I can only impart my wisdom for my experience. I just said don't have nipples on the suit. Uh, so he basically said that um he tried to get Ben Affleck not to play Batman. He gave him his opinion and said I wouldn't do it if I were you basically is what he said. He also said that um it physically hurts him every time he has to watch Batman versus, uh, uh, sorry, not Batman versus Robin, Batman and Robin. He said, it's so bad that it actually hurts to watch. It physically hurts. You'll be flipping the channels and it'll just pop up and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. So poor old George Clooney is not having a good time, is he, with uh, <laughs> with uh, Batman and Robin. It wasn't a good film. It really wasn't a good film. But let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. Right, moving on. And uh, I'm going to skip all of that and I'm going to go straight on to Chris Pine Chris Pine uh Chris Pine okay so he actually revealed that he wants to see uh, Quentin Tarantino direct a Star um, a Star Trek film so that was the very first bit of news so uh I just wanted to get the sorry it's been it's been a a couple of episodes I've missed and I've just got to get them back here we go so this is in an interview with comicbook.com. He said, you know, I haven't read a script. I really, uh, in terms of the Star Trek uh, the Star Trek of all of it, I wish I knew anything. I'm quite literally one of the last people to ever find out. So I haven't read that script. I don't know where it is in development. I haven't read the Noah Hawley script. I have no idea what's happening in Star Wars land. But I love the character. I love the universe. I love my friends in it, you know. And to have Quentin, a Quentin take on it would be tremendously interesting and entertaining. You know, look, whatever happens, if I come back or not, it's a great universe. It deserves to have a future. And I hope that is the case. So he's basically quite wishy-washy. But the whole bit, he said, I have a Quentin take on it would be tremendously interesting and entertaining. 
I completely agree with him. I would love, love, love to see Quentin Tarantino's uh, Star Trek movie. He, he he wrote the script. J.J. Abrams apparently loved it, and they're now rumored that they're that Star Trek. That Paramount Pictures, sorry, are going to be making more R-rated Star Trek films. This is a rumor that comes from Daniel Rickman. So it's something that I'm looking at more and more and thinking, could this happen? Because the Noah Hawley Star Trek film has basically been put on hold. Noah Hawley's gone to Hulu now, to FX, I think, to make um, the Alien uh, series, which I'm very, very excited about. So that's going to be his next project. He did say, I wrote this, the Star Trek movie script and... It just nothing seems to be happening. So who knows what's going to happen with Star Trek? It's in a bit of a weird place. Uh, it seems as though um, hopefully they'll be able to bring back the original cast. Well, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek cast, because I, I think that's a great cast. You know, uh, Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Zoe Zaldana, Simon Pegg. Uh, I, I think it's a really, really good cast. And I would really, really like to see more of it. But um, let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. Right, Ron, sorry, Ron Perlman actually revealed recently in an interview with... Who did he talk to? It wasn't comicbook.com. It was comicbook.com. They've had a lot of interviews recently. And he actually revealed that he would definitely do a Hellboy 3 if asked. He said, well, I'm fond of David Harbour. He's a really good guy and he's a really good actor. So I was hoping for the best for him. But I had my Hellboy epoch era What um, was... Sorry, what it was, the reboot has actually nothing to do with my films. There was no overlap. They're completely different entities. So I didn't have an opinion about the new Hellboy or a wish for it to succeed or fail. But I did make it clear that if there was a chance to finish the trilogy with Guillermo, as we had done in the first two films and in the image of what he had in his mind in terms of closing all the circles, that it's something I would do to this day consider doing. Uh, but since it didn't happen, then I had moved on and I didn't have any have an opinion about any of it. I'm not, I'm not being effusive or hyperbolic. That's just the truth of it. So I, I would love to see them do a Hellboy 3. I'm a massive fan of Hellboy and Hellboy the Golden Army. I think they're two brilliant films. I think Guillermo del Toro is a fantastic director. It, to be honest, it seems though as it, it just seems as though it's not going to happen, which is a massive shame, really, because I just I just love Hellboy. I love his Hellboy. I thought the Hellboy that we did get with David Harbour had so much promise, but ended up being it was terrible. I'm going to be honest; it was just a terrible, terrible film. And uh, I think we need I think we need Ron Perlman and Guillermo del Toro back. But let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Right, it's time to move away from movies. Finally, there's been a lot to get through and on to TV news. So it's now being rumoured, uh, again from Daniel Rickman, that uh, Justin Hammer, played by Sam Rockwell, is going to be returning in Arm, uh, Armour Wars. So this is the show that we're going to have Don Cheadle playing uh, War Machine again. And this will be the last time he plays that role. It was revealed that Ke that was revealed by Kevin Feige at the Disney Investors Day presentation. Which is sad, but it sounds as though he's going to go out on a high. So this series is all, all going to be about uh, the tech, Tony Stark's tech going going into the wrong hands. So I don't think that this that the wrong hands will be Justin Hammer. I, I don't really see Justin Hammer as a villain. I just see him as a bit of a clown, to be honest. Um, if you watch Iron Man 2, uh, if you really want to watch that film... Uh, the, the, all he really wants is to be the next Tony Stark. He's not really care. He doesn't want to kill people. He's not a villain. The villain in there was uh, uh, Mickey Rourke's Ivan. He was a villain of the movie. So 
if he were to be in the movie, I actually think he might try and help. And I think he might end up being quite useless. Uh, he might come up with some sort of weapons. He did actually make War Machine suit. So I, I, I believe, yeah, he did make War Machine suit. But it was kind of, I think it was, um, Tony Stark just made it better. But um, what do you think about that? Is, is Justin Hammer returning? I really would love to see Sam Rockwell come back to the MCU and be given a bigger role. I think he was kind of shortchanged after uh, Iron Man 2, which just didn't do very well. Um, but that wasn't his fault. But let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. <clears throat> right, uh, I just wanted to talk about uh, the Book of Boba Fett, which was, uh, it was teased at the end of The Mandalorian Season 2. Uh, so, spoilers. And then there were lots of reports, uh, I'm not going to say from whom, the, the, a certain YouTuber was claiming that this was going to be The Mandalorian Season 3, that The Mandalorian Season 3 was going to be the, uh, the Book of Boba Fett, and the reason being uh, is basically confirming their scoop that uh, Pedro Pascal had issues on the set of The Mandalorian Season 2 and wanted to film more out of his mask, and then basically they've got rid of him. That's not the case. <clears throat> So I was told by my sources that Lucasfilm's The Book of Boba Fett will be four episodes long and will not be The Mandalorian Season 3. There will be a, a mini-series, a limited series of four, of four episodes, was what I was told. And then this was basically confirmed by Jon Favreau, who was on Good Morning America, and he revealed two things. He revealed that it's not going to be The Mandalorian Season 3, that it's going to be coming out in December 2021. It's in production as we speak. I think it's almost going to wrap. It's almost close to wrapping. And uh, that they're also going going to have um, Robert Rodriguez as a, an executive producer. So that's John Favreau, Dave Filoni, and Robert Rodriguez are going to be producing the show together, or are producing the show together, uh, which is kind of makes sense because Robert Rodriguez directed the episode The Tragedy in which we really saw Boba Fett like for the first time he was just brutal in the way he fought and I really do believe that Robert Rodriguez just understands that character pretty well and wants to do a lot more with him interestingly enough Robert Rodriguez was a last minute addition to the series he wasn't sp originally supposed to direct that episode he's a, f a close friend of John Favreau's and Favreau asked if he could help them out and direct that episode turned out to be a just perfect perfect kind of you know union um and he's doing more of Boba Fett stuff which I think is great I think that's really good but I just wanted to put it out there that um I do I mean again I said this the minute after uh, the Mandalorian season two ended, that that post credit scene, I was like, "Well, this is clearly it's uh, a, it's a spin off. That's what it is." And the Mandalorian season three, I believe Bo Katan will end up being the main villain of that. Um, there was a lot said about what happens at the end of the uh, of the Mandalorian and why Bo Katan couldn't accept the dark saber from Din, who just beaten Moff Gideon I'm going into major major spoilers I'm sorry it's been a couple of days now if you haven't watched it then what are you doing but um the basically people are like well it's a bit weird because she accepted it from Sabine Wren in Star Wars um Star Wars Rebels which is yes that is the case she did accept it from Sabine Wren so why can't she accept it now is this a retcon or is this something more I honestly think it's something more because Dave Filoni is, was the creator of Star Wars Rebels. He knows, he of course knows that Bo-Katan took, accepted the Darksaber from Sabine Wren. What we don't know is what happened in between that point and the point of Moff Gideon getting the, the Darksaber. 
I was in my. I, so I said it's rumored. It, it, it's it's a it's a theory of mine. I have asked some people about this, and they have said that it's that this that she'll be a villain to a certain extent. Um, so there's get what I think is going to happen is that there's going to be an altercation between Din and Bo-Katan. And the reason Bo-Katan can't accept the Darksaber is because of the fact that Moff Gideon probably beat her in combat, which is how he ended up with the Darksaber in the first place. Therefore, if she were to just accept the Darksaber again from Din Djarin, she will not be seen as the legitimate leader of Mandalore because it will be twice now that she's got the dark saber just through being handed it which isn't the way the mandalorians really think they you know they're very they're a very honorable um people and they they they're also they're very proud and they're very very much into like the you know combat and you know that's what they're all about they're kind of a warrior race really of people and this is why I think she needs to fight Din. And, and that's Moff Gideon knows that because actually it's probably even worse for her that, that, that she was beaten by a non-Mandalorian. That's probably the main reason. And no, I haven't seen anyone say that. I, I, and to be honest, after whilst watching it, I wasn't like, oh my God, didn't, didn't she accept it from Sabine? I was kind of like, uh, she accepted it from Sabine, a fellow Mandalorian. And then she was in charge of Mandalore for a couple of years and it all went wrong and then Moff Gideon ended up with the sword. Moff Gideon is not a Mandalorian. Um, so she needs... she That's the whole reason she wanted to find him. She needed to beat him in combat. She needed to take it from him. She needed to either kill him and then re reclaim it or disarm him in combat. She can't then have Din, Din Djarin beat him in combat, take the dark sword, the dark saber, sorry, and then give it to her it's just you know as far as a mandalorian's concerned that's that's not a pro that's not what a, that's she's not a she wouldn't be a feasible leader for mandalore and now i think there's going to be two school kind of two factions within the, the mandalorian clan where people will be following din and people will be following bo-katan and bo-katan she'll probably make it her business to uh, track down din and beat him in combat for the dark saber. Also, the, the, there's the added fact that Din Djarin kind of comes from basically a cult within man, within like a Mandalorian cult. Uh, he didn't know that, you know, and um, but he is, and uh, that's going to play into season three as well. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we're gonna. I can't remember her name, but the other Mandalorian that was in season one. I'm pretty sure we're gonna see her come back, and she's gonna play a bigger part in season three. And might even force or try and convince Din to just keep the Darksaber and rule Mandalore as, you know, bring their cult back from from the ashes, you know, and then that be the, the true way of, of the Mandalorian. So I really think season three is going to be fascinating. I think it might be quite political and uh, and I'm really, really excited to see what, what happens. But let me know that again, that is pure speculation on my on, on my end. But I was just trying to kind of maybe hopefully explain uh, why uh, why Bo-Katan couldn't just take the Darksaber. I really think it's a lot to do with Moff Gideon having beaten her in combat 
and it's kind of a, almost like a pride thing she has to win it back and i think also in the eyes of mandalorian she has to win it back she can't just be given it again anyway let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below right moving on and there so there are rumors that uh lucasfilm is working on a luke skywalker spin-off star wars show so this comes from fandom wire uh, they they do have they are actually the people that that um, that gave well, scooped <laughs> delivered the exclusive that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to be in Spider Man three so that's pretty much confirmed uh, and it looks like as far as they're concerned it's going to be a young like Luke Skywalker show and they're actually that they say that we're not sure if they're going to go CGI or have an actor so one of the big issues. A lot of people had, and I actually did have it myself, uh, with uh, the finale of The Mandalorian Season 2, was that Luke Skywalker's CGI was was bad. So it was bad. It was like a deep fake, and uh, which is a shame. I was very much an advocate of bringing in Sebastian Stan to play Luke Skywalker. I, I really think a live action actor is better than bad CGI. So it seems as though they are, Lucasfilm is thinking of doing a Luke Skywalker show, and if they do think about if they are really considering this, then the, the best solution would be to bring in Sebastian Stan to do to, to play the character. I'm a bit dubious because of what they did in The Mandalorian Season 2. Because they had a CGI face, they've kind of pinned that to the wall. You know, they've kind of... That's now officially their position. It's that that's their Luke, that kind of awful CGI version. And I really don't think they can do a whole show with that. I just don't think it would work. It would be too expensive it wouldn't look good and um, I'm not sure people would be happy with that. The scene in The Mandalorian Season 2, like the finale where Luke comes back is brilliant because he's he's hooded, you don't really see much of him, you just see what he's doing and what he's doing is incredibly cool. But the minute he takes off his hood and you see his face, it's kind of, the illusion almost just completely goes. It's nice to hear, hear Mark Hamill's voice but it's quite robotic, it's quite monotone and it, you really do need a live action actor to do it and I think to do it justice you do but let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below and uh, what I'm gonna I'm gonna end on a bit of news that apparently there's a Firefly reboot uh, in the works over at uh, Disney so now that Disney owns Fox they also own the rights to Firefly fans aren't happy about it let's just say that because they'd rather see a revival and not a reboot or just nothing at all it's rumored that this is a reboot and not a revival so people are annoyed about that and there's an article about that on small screen which you can go and read now but with that i'll say goodbye thank you very much for watching i might be back tomorrow for a, for a live stream i might i'm not i'm not 100 sure but um i'm going to be taking christmas eve and christmas day off um because it's christmas and you know 2020 has been a bit of a weird year so i do want to take some time off and i think you guys should too i think everyone should take christmas eve and christmas day off and just not do anything just be with whoever you can be with um, if you can be with people but um, uh, thank you very much for watching uh, if you want to hear this in podcast form as I said before you can wherever you get your podcasts it's small screen stories if you can give us five stars on Apple Podcasts that'd be wonderful uh, you can follow small screen everywhere now at uh, small screen co that's on Instagram Facebook and Twitter you can follow me at EJ Lauder and you can go and onto the website, which is at uh, www.small-screen.co.uk. Please read the articles. Uh, we put a lot of work into them. Uh, it'd be great if you could. And uh, comment, uh, share, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Like uh, if you're watching over on Facebook. And do whatever you're doing on, on Twitch. I really don't know what people are doing on Twitch. Uh, it's, it's, I'm, I feel my age now. Anyway, 
that's enough waffling from me. Thank you very much for watching, guys, and I'll see you possibly tomorrow. Thank